Magazines and Monsters, episode 45, The Avengers, The Yesterday Quest. When Captain America throws his mighty shield, all those who chose to oppose his shield must yield. If he's led to a fight and a duel is due, then the red and the white and the blue will come through when Captain America throws his mighty shield. Cross the rainbow bridge of Asgard, where the booming Hey everybody, Billy D, aka Doc Strange here, back with another recording for the show. And this is going to be a fun one, as typically I try to only cover a comic uh, per show, but with all the you know Avengers talk over the last few years, and specifically some Scarlet Witch, uh, I thought I might cover an actual story that took place over a few issues. But to, to accomplish this, I'm going to need uh, someone who's a fan of the material as well. So, oh, my uh, God, yeah. <laughs> I asked, I asked uh, Ross from Stop Let's Team Up to join me. How are you, buddy? I'm good. I got a little co- case of the COVIDs, but I'm surviving. And I've right. pod- been podcasting the whole time, except for mm. like the first two days where I was... <laughs> Down and out. <laughs> I w- I was watching, but I said, I need something simple. I've been watching some James Bond and, uh, oh, and some Doctor Who, um, because of I got course, a Doctor right? Who, I got a Blu-ray in the mail. I was like, oh, I, I'll rewatch that. Uh, <laughs> and my wife and the, the dogs have, fl- have fled and left me in the care of cats. <laughs> terrible nurses. <laughs> Good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you and I are going to be covering an Avengers story from the uh, late Bronze Age here, late 1970s. And it's yes. uh, the Yesterday Quest. So for those that don't know, you know, the Avengers at this point were in a bit of a flux as this story began. Um, the team was huge. There were all these, you know, regular members and guest members. And the team was ginormous at this point. But it was it's about post Kovax, Korvax saga. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that they had just had that happen to them, and then there were like three issues in a row that were just kind of one-offs. But they the were, was... they were I, if I remember correctly, they were. Some of them had been written as filler. You know, Marvel used to keep yes inventory emer- stories yeah. in case of emergency. Break glass. Get Sal. <laughs> a lot of times, Sal's museum drew him. Because there's a great one during the Corvax saga where it's just an Iron Man Cat Black Panther story. Mm-hmm. It's like three or four issues before this. And it's better than some of the art's better than some of the art at the end of the Corvax saga. But, you know, it's one of those stories. We yeah. Through a handful of those. This was when Avengers would have a different writer like every 10 issues, too. Yeah, it was kind of weird. It was it was a bit in flux. You know, we had the the infamous Jim Shooter as editor in chief and he had his hand in some of the plotting and Roger Stern and um 
Stephen Grant, David Michelini. You know, there was yeah. there was there was a bunch of hands in the pot here. But Avengers 181 is kind of where this story got started. And, you know, to kind of set the table, we had a, a government liaison here, Henry Gyrick, who, you know, marches in and basically tells the team you have to pare down to only seven members because, you know, the government doesn't want to get clearance to 35 odd people that they don't know if they're, you know, okay to give clearance to and stuff like that. So they pair the team down to only, uh, you know, seven people. But uh, amidst all this, Pietro just kind of uh, has a bit of a, you know, it almost looks like he has a heart attack or a stroke or something. And he hits the floor. And then soon after, so does the Scarlet Witch. And then we see there's this, you know, old man kind of uh, making his way into the uh, scene here. And he has these little, uh, like, almost like they're a little like marionettes of Scarlet Witch and Pietro. And he's somehow managed to basically take their life essences and put them into these little dolls. That was kind of crazy. It's a great image. It's a beautiful, this is some really good, this first issue has got some beautiful John Byrne and inked by Gene Day, Mm -hmm. which I don't think they ever did it again. I'm a big Gene Day fan, but that's from my, from his master of Kung Fu work. Oh yeah. Yeah, uh, but it's beautiful. It's a it's a nice mix of it, it, it. Throughout the story, you get a good mix of anchors on burn that you will never see again. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And it aids to it. But it's that that the imagery is beautiful of the, the marionettes in those cages. Yeah, I actually have this story in two different. Well, I have a lot of the single issues, too. I think I might be one or two short in the single issues. But, you know, Marvel put out this small black and white, believe it or not, trade paperback. And it's in a smaller, you know, uh, version here. I think they call that it what back- you, you sent me the image. I had never seen that. I don't have this story in a trade. Yeah. It's kind of weird that Marvel had this series come out. There weren't too many of them. They're called backpack Marvels. Like I don't know if they're marketing them towards kids or what, but they, yes, they were. I read in a comic shop. Yeah. I know exactly what they are yeah. now. Now it's starting to hit. It's starting to hit the memory there. Yeah. And this one's called Knights of Wondagore and it has a uh, Marvel, uh, Avengers 181 all the way to 189. So it's got some issues in here that aren't part yeah. of this story, but it's, yeah, it's really good. A, yeah. And it's because when you sent me the issue numbers for the, the yesterday quest thing that I forgot that mm-hmm. there's really two, the 181, the Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver stuff is in the background for a couple issues while the team pairing down storyline kind mm-hmm. of doesn't round off, but you know, Ms. Marvel's, um, Scarlet um, Falcon is being recruited and Hawkeye's not on the list and that storyline and a, a great battle with the absorbing man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah over but in, then, over in Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah. It's great. It's great. And, yeah. um, and then it gets then because this is, this is very bronze age with a Claremontian type of plotting in comics in Marvel mm-hmm. where, you know, where like watching a soap opera or something, little pieces of stories would build and then it would become the main arc a few issues later. Mm-hmm. You would yeah, have I mean, multiple plot lines going on at the same time. I love it. I'm yeah. a big fan of that of, of this era of comics because there is subplot and continuity and through lines. And I think Dave Michelini writes most of this, doesn't mm-hmm. he? Yeah, he's and, he's definitely a scripter throughout the whole thing. Yeah, and he's a solid folks. This is when he was writing Iron Man, and mm-hmm. he's a he's a very I think he's a very underrated comic writer. 
Yeah, and then the other way I have this in is uh, in 1994, uh, they came out with uh, just a thin trade, and it's just called the Yesterday Quest, and it took basically only those elements from the issues uh, at hand and put them in a trade here. And it's it's a good trade because it just deals with that story. It doesn't have anything else that has nothing to do with that storyline. And it does like kind of get you just to focus on just that uh, storyline. And, you know, the Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch, they, they at this point thought uh, their mother and father was the wizard and Miss America. Yeah. And this, yeah. And this guy here that uh, puts their... Uh, souls or whatever into these little marionettes uh he tells them something a little bit different that he's and he's maximoff isn't it, it ends up he's yep django maximoff is his name he's a, and he's a, a gypsy a romani person and you know he says about how he raised them you know at a gypsy camp basically until uh you know the the pitchfork and torch wielding people came to you know drive them off and you know that's when uh, he lost track of the two of them yeah it and I remember this and Bova's in there. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's this was a really this is a good era of Avengers. I really like this. I as when I uh, I enjoyed the Korvac saga, but it was all over the place because there was some, you know, editorial issues with Shooter writing it, and I think it, he was overworked. You know, he had too much on his plate. Yes. Yeah, I think so he I was think, yeah, editing and editor in chief and was trying to still kind of write and plot some things too, which that's that's asking way too much. <laughs> yeah, and it was. And there was a lot going on and that's why they were right different writers and artists but from 150 to about here Avengers is a little all over the place. Yes, a- absolutely, very chaotic. Some great, you know, uh, people contributing like you said and I mean some of these covers and George Perez and stuff like that too. Like my I will, sh- I will share a bad thing, but I had the, we had this issue, and I was seventy when this came out. I was in eighth grade, and I traced this thing because I wanted to. I just traced it. I got a piece of tracing paper, and there are indentions in this comic for years. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, that's what I have, kids do. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. And I was a big, uh, you know, I've, I've told, I don't know if I've told this on uh, any, uh, even on my own comic podcast, I have told about, we didn't have real, we had Mego action figures, but I would draw and make paper, paper dolls of the superheroes. Mm, cool. And I did it with like the Defenders and the Avengers, and I, I was a terrible <laughs> artist. I'm awful. Awful, mm-hmm. but this is a comic I loved. This first part, and this yeah. co- cover to one eighty one, folks. You've all have seen it. it's iconic. I have yeah. all this in. Uh, this is the. This is actually the cover to the last essential, and I have all the Avenger essentials. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because I am an Avenger guy, you know. Oh, yeah. is, so, but I like this. Um, but I, I'm ba- I'm jabbering on. We haven't even got to the second issue yet. Yeah, so at some point here, you know, the Avengers, uh, they kind of figure out what's going on that, you know, uh, somebody has, you know, kind of stolen the 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 twins here, uh, Pietro and Wanda, that, you know, they're still kind of alive, but, you know, they track down this uh, guy, Django Maximoff, who he's not really, uh, you know, benevolent. He's just really, you know, heartbroken and trying to take them back to be with him back in, like, Transia. So the Avengers kind of figure it out and uh, track him down. But he has, uh, you know, this crazy uh, uh, some kind of like talisman that allows him to kind of like perform like these uh, small feats of magic. And (laughs) I like how they try to track him down and 
he's at like a costume shop with all these dummies and he uh animates all the dummies to you know fight them but of course you know they're the avengers so they take them down very very quickly but then he's also able to kind of uh uh generate these you know uh super villains out of nowhere to kind of fight them as well and that proves a little bit more of a a challenge for them and we have it's it's a weird it's a very odd assortment we have you know toad from the brotherhood of evil and then princess python and she's one of the uh oh what does she belong to the circus, circus of crime yeah circus of crime and then <laughs> all of a sudden there's uh nighthawk as well you know because originally he wasn't you know a defender he was part of the uh the evil uh, the uh evil. squadron sinister yeah squadron sinister the evil kind of jsa or jl evil jla kind of uh, that roy cooked up years ago so they kind of <laughs> have a bit of a fight there too and i do like that that's pretty good back and forth yeah really really neat stuff so you know eventually they kind of uh you know get the better of them too and they you know you know come after uh jango here and he kind of says like hey you know i i just you know i didn't really want to hurt anybody and they're like okay so that's an interesting part of the story it's fun kind of like your you know garden variety superhero issue here but you know, then the twins say, hey, we're uh, we we think there's something to this guy. You know, he said he raised us. You know, we, we think there's something going on here with our past that we're not aware of. So we're going to take him back to uh, Transia there and, uh, you know, find out what's going on with our past. And that's when the story really gets fun for me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Once you get once they get back to Wonder Gore. Yeah. Yeah. He 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 sits there and he basically tells the two of them, you know, like, hey, you know, you know, you were uh, brought to me. And uh, by this woman named Magda. And, you know, that's when we meet Bova as well, eventually here. And, you know, it's a, it's it's a, it's an interesting plot here. And I really do like it. But then all of a sudden they're kind of asleep. And this guy named Modred the Mystic uh, shows up here. So what do you think about him? I liked him. I remember he's one of those characters that I uh, it's it's Marvel premiere, if I'm right. The tryout. He had a little tryout in there after Ant-Man. It was Defenders oh. and then Ant-Man and then Modred had a couple issues. Yeah, yeah, that was one of those anthology titles. That yeah, where Marvel they would give had. people where they would give people um, tryouts, and I liked yeah. it. It was, but he was a he. They used him as a hero, and then with this story, he really becomes a villain, <clears throat> a hardcore villain. Yeah, he kind of is uh, putting one over on the Scarlet Witch here. He he comes to her and acts like he's you know. Uh, a nice guy and he needs her help with something. And as soon as she turns her back, he basically blasts her because he's the uh, uh, disciple of uh, Chathon here. So that's, that's really where this story starts to get crazy and, and starts to kind of dive into, you know, more of the Marvel horror uh, genre with, uh, you know, the Darkhold. Yeah, this is, is this the first time the Darkhold's ever brought up in a, in a, with, in connection to Scarlet Witch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Previously, it had just been uh, in Werewolf by Night. They had talked about it, and that was one of the things that led to, you know, the werewolf uh, uh, lore in the Marvel Universe. And then it got tied to werewolves, vampires, basically anything evil, and then got tied in with uh, Chathon and then now with Scarlet Witch as well. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, great, great creative people here. Oh, Modra the Mystic was Marvel Chillers number one. That's Marvel where he popped Chillers. up. Chillers, okay. Yeah, I knew it was some weird, <laughs> some bizarre. I'm pulling up. Yep, I had this. My brother had this comic. I read this a bunch of times. Yeah, and I mean, I do love when we jump to Avengers number 185, when all this really starts to kick into high gear. 
that is one of my favorite covers. I love it. It's George Perez and Terry Austin. Of course, you know, great combination there on that. Uh, yeah, one. that they never did but a handful of things together. Always is kind of like what? Yeah, yeah. But that's another that comic that got heavily traced. <laughs> <laughs> so that you know, on top of all this going on, like you said about how there's you know multiple storylines going on in here too. We also kind of meet and figure out that not only is, you know, all this, you know, horror stuff tied into this and Scarlet Witch and Pietro's, you know, parentage is is something new and something different than we were told up until this point. We also meet the high evolutionary as well here. Yeah, I always like him as a villain. Um, and he's used really well in this story. Yeah, and he's who created Bova. And I think he calls them new his new men, where he has these like mutated animals, like these human. And they eventually animals. become the Knights of Wondergore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Did you ever read uh, the there was a hero there were Quicksilver had a, a actually pretty good comic series in the I think it's in the early two thousands. Uh and the, a lot of this stuff ties into that. Yeah, I did read a few of those. Not many, maybe only three or four. And then it ended up tying good. into a new heroes for hire. Which mm. had Black Knight, Hercules, Power Man, Iron Fist, and I think Quicksilver ends up in it at the end. Yeah, yep. But it and all comes it all comes from this story. A lot of that that stuff mm-hmm. is from from this story. Yeah, and I do love too how you know Wanda she and uh, does battle with Modred, and you know because he's got a lot of really cool powers as well, like magical powers. Because of course he's you know in league with Chthon, but he eventually gets the better of her and. She gets, you know, possessed as if, you know, that's who that's how he was going to get back into this uh, plane of existence was through her by like possessing her. So, yeah, that's it's the really first cool. time of that. It's in this another one of these first the burn will use it again in uh, vision quest and stuff like that. This is kind of when they she's had her mystical Engelhard had her mystical training and this is just she's becoming they start to use her more in a magical way. Yes, this is really where a lot of that kicked into high gear and got started, which I love yeah. it too. But yeah. you know, we go back to the mansion here and we have the Avengers and they're like, hey, you know, we need to know what's going on. And they think there's trouble uh, over there with uh, Wanda and Pietro. So, you know, Gyrick is there trying to tell them like, this is where you're going to go and this is what you're going to do. And, you know, you get a lot of arguing between him and Cap and then the vision kind of says like, hey, listen, because, you know, he has feelings for Wanda. So he's like, you know, we need to go help uh, Pietro and Wanda. And I, I do like that, too. But, you know, uh, how about that one page, too? It's a splash page. It's a very famous one. It's been on some trades where you have Wanda, you know, after she blasts Django and Pietro and they're laying there. And, uh, she's standing over them and possessed by Chathan. And she's like, you know, gesturing. And, oh, man, she looks great there. And again, like you said, you, you can't go wrong with somebody like uh, John Byrne and it's, I think it might be Dan green might be the inker. Dan, yeah, it's Dan green on 185. Yeah. He's, he's, he's really good too. He's, you know, perfect inker and you could, cause you can still, it looks very good. The artwork, but it can still, it looks, it still looks like very much like John Byrne as well. Yeah. Dan, Dan green is one of those guys that he's, he's, um, he solidifies someone's art. He backs mm-hmm. it up. He probably, he doesn't prop it up, fixes it, but he compliments it. And also make sure that if there's anything missing, it's back. Because Byrne would not, he would leave backgrounds. So when he had certain anchors, Terry Austin, he wouldn't draw any detail in the background. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He would, yeah. No, he would, this is a building, this is a computer. He, because he, Terry would fill in the, they worked well together. That's why Byrne, Byrne, Perez, uh, Byrne Austin is beautiful. And you got to have, you know, and Perez doesn't really need help in the backgrounds because he's just going to fill it all in himself. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but they, I think I think Dan Green looks really good on Burn in this issue, really good. And I think he, um, what I like is you get there's. I'm going to say this for this issue. We're talking 185. Is the one of the best things about it is something that made me happy was the the return of the heads in the corner box. Mm, yeah, the first time since like issue 80 something or that it's not just the vision in the corner box. It's the, the seven heads of the members. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, 186 rolls around here, Knights of Wondegore, that one's called, which, you know, great title. <laughs> Love this cover. Mm, yeah, this is one of, this is another classic too, where we have, you know, Modred and uh, Scarlet Witch is front and center. And she's kind of like, you know, uh, being held up there as uh, getting ready to be the, uh, you know, the, the, the sacrifice. The, uh, yeah. That's when we get, like if we said already, uh, the, you know, Chathan kind of uh, inhabits her body, like kind of possesses her. Like, oh, yeah, it's almost like a possession type thing. But, you know, we see more of the whole, you know, Bova, and she's also talking to uh, uh, Pietro. And then she kind of goes through the story, too, of, you know, how, you know, she uh, had uh, helped uh, Magda and these two twins. And then uh, the whole high evolutionary angle. Yeah, and you see what happens to the real child of... Um, the wizard and miss um is this where miss we america. see that miss that, america that, yeah where we see the the shriveled up bit car, baby carcass i think so yeah because at mm-hmm. this point uh this is because that's really a change because i mean Engelhart had made it you know this is this is michelini Grun- and it's grunwald and grant they're three people writing this now Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's lots of hands in the in the pot. Here. Well, and they're all Kitchen. good ones. It's you know, <laughs> yeah. You can't you can't go. I, I'm a big Grunwald fan, so I mean, it, you and you don't know if you're reading it, you don't notice. No, uh-uh. no, it's 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 a pretty good story. It's not all over the place. It has a lot going on, but I it's still pretty tight. I feel continuity. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And when I was reading this as they were coming out, it all made, you know, everything made sense. Things yeah. weren't dropping off. Thing, you know, if a, something was brought up. In one issue, it was rectified. You know, its through line was never more than six or seven issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, and that's a, like you said, that's a really good cover, and that's a really good issue too, where we saw all that go on. And it's it's packed, but it's a fun issue. And then that's when the Avengers decide they're they're coming to, you know, to see what's going on here and help out and kind of save the save the team. But then, wow, how about that? <laughs> here we go. How about that cover to issue one eighty seven? Again, another great one. That is yeah, well traced. Well, mm. <laughs> no, it's great because they have to recruit. The guy won't let them send the whole team, so mm-hmm. Iron Man has to stay behind. And something's also going on in an Iron in Iron Man's book, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably. Was, this is when they, if a character had something major going on in his book, they couldn't be in other books. Mm-hmm. And Michelini was writing Iron Man at the time, so mm-hmm. yeah, um, this is a great this cover. Is, uh, Iron, uh, what this is the first issue where technically Wonder Man is actually a member. And wonder and Ms. Marvel is on the team because Scarlet Witch took a leave of absence to go on this mission. Mm-hmm. So they send this great lineup. I mean, it's Wonder Man, Cap, Ms. Marvel, Beast, Wasp, Falcon. Mm-hmm. And they just yeah. sent six members. Um, and it's such a great cover. She looks so good possessed. This is such <laughs> a good design. Yeah, it's an excellent cover. I really love it. And then even that first splash page that you turn the page and it shows the Quinjet and it's flying over the call of the mountain thing it says and oh it's I, so, and yes that's great stuff and that's like right before it gets she destroys it 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's really, such a really good, good stuff. Yeah. It, if you haven't, folks, if you haven't seen it, go look it up. It's really, she's, she's got them all under control. Um, under, you know, and she looks, it's such a great image. And so this is, I love the story because of this is I like it when they start to mess with Wanda a bit. Yeah. And then it's basically, it's just a huge brawl to start out this last issue where, you know, you have the team trying to fight Modred and, you know, a possessed Wanda as well. And it doesn't really go too well for them at first. So, you know, they kind of have to regroup a bit. And, you know, I love, again, the the image on the cover. You turn, uh, you know, halfway through the book and there's that image is, you know, right inside the book as well. It's not a bait and switch. You actually get that in there where she has the entire team, you know, hanging upside down in midair. And, you know, she's uh, looks like she's going to do some kind of crazy spell here, you know. And uh, then we get the uh, history of our buddy Chathan here. And you get to see two pages worth of, you know, Marvel history in regards to that character. And obviously in regards to uh, the book as well. And I do like how it goes through that. I mean, it shows all the way back and you can see, you know, Morgan Le Fay and all throughout history where the Darkhold has been. And then the high evolutionary and, you know, his knights and the new men. It's just, oh, I love that. It's just two pages, but you almost feel like you get a whole complete story in those two pages. As as I say a lot of times, and I, in Silver and Bronze Age, man, when you have these story arcs and you get the back, you get the background and stuff like that. It's mm-hmm. just, even, and this is an action-packed comic, this issue. Mm-hmm. It's full of action, but there's still enough narrative and ex- and and needed exposition mm-hmm. to make you understand the the level of the threat. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And just like and just as it looks like, you know, it's you know, the Avengers are in big trouble here and uh, a possessed Wanda is about to, uh, you know, kill them. Uh, one of the Knights of Wondegore comes swooping in and grabs the Darkhold. And then again, another fight, huge fight here is on. And I do like how it touches back all the way to, you know, issue 181, how this all got started with Django and those little uh, marionettes, you know, how uh, he had them, you know, their 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 souls basically trapped in these little uh, uh, magical marionettes. So that's how they end up kind of uh, defeating uh, Chathan as well there, which is really cool and end up trapping him in that (laughs) little doll. I like that. That's a pretty cool way to, to end things here. Yeah, and it's there's a lot going on in that backstory. Jessica Drew's in it, and all that mm-hmm. because because the High Evolution Spider Woman's origin is all wrapped around Wonder Gore. There's so yes. many characters, and they you know they've they had they and High Evolutionary had been around for decades at this point, or a decade or two, hadn't he? Oh yeah, he was a, a Silver Age. Yeah, he's a Silver early. Age FF villain, isn't he? Yeah, FF, and he was in an early Hulk too, I believe. Yeah, he'd been around and a long Thor. Time. I think and mm-hmm. Thor. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Kirby and it all so Wonder Gore is and Wonder Gore Mountain is an established sp- space. Mm-hmm. For action yeah. to take place in. Yeah, I'd love this. This is such a good arc. Yeah, there was actually you were mentioning uh, Spider Woman too. I think it was Bendis and maybe Brian Reed. The two of them had written a story, and I can't remember who drew it, but. It was like a, a Spider Woman, like an eight issue series where they had talked about her, how her parents, you know, were scientists and they and worked for the, the Wonder Gore. Yeah, that was a really she started good story. as a secret agent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Yep. Mm-hmm. And they brought her into that too, which was actually really cool. I thought that was a really well done story, but um, yeah, there's a lot, there is so much that has sprung out of this, but on the very last page here. So again, we've heard Bova and Django talk about, you know, this woman, uh, Magda, who brought the two twins, uh, you know, and needed some help and she had died. And then the very last page here, we see uh, Asteroid M, the home of Magneto. And we see Magneto watching the X-Men, a memory tape of the X-Men. And then all of a sudden on his view screen, he sees Magda. And that's your first, uh, basically your first uh, inclination as to uh, how continuity is going to change then. And uh, he's going to be brought in there. Yeah. And now they've written that out. Yeah. Like you know, 20 years later, they write, they, write, they write it out. Yeah, to me, which is terrible, because I think that was in that Scarlet Witch uh, Vision miniseries, wasn't it? Where they actually came right out and said, like, yep, Magneto's uh, Pietro Wanda's father. And he That's showed up That's a great there. day. Uh, that four issue, the four issue one, right? I think when she had the the kids, I think because he came to see, he's like, I want to come oh, see that's my a grandchildren. One. That's the one with uh, Richard Howell. Yeah. Art. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is. They came out and just straight up said it. It's another one of those things where someone takes over a book and goes, "I didn't like what they did." That it was like, well, all right, whatever. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I, that's I, I, enjoy, I enjoy this continuity. To be honest with you, and I do too. Magneto. I prefer this one. I. Uh, uh, but no, I do. This is an era of Avengers I really like. It'll get bogged down a little bit later uh, because they, they, because of the revolving writers and stuff. And mm-hmm. But this is kind of like a high point. It's like about a year, year and a half right here when Burns on and off the book. Because yeah. this is when Burns doing everything, right? He's doing act. He just finished X Men. He, he may still be doing. He's doing FF. He's doing this. Yeah, I think it it's was right like- before his heart attack. Yeah, I think it was around 1980 when he finished up with X-Men and then went to Fantastic Four. Somewhere yeah, around there, yeah. Cause he, oh, and he had that really short but really awesome Roger Stern run with Captain America as well. Yeah, that is, yeah, that, oh. that's something. If that's something I wish it continued. Yeah, that was great stuff. It was only like 10 issues maybe, but that was a really good run. Yeah, him and their old buddies. So. Um, they, they work well together. I wish they had worked more together. Yeah, absolutely. So any final thoughts on this one? Uh, no, this is a good, this is a good, if you're going to read a single story, you can, it's on the app. I, I went back and reread it cause I didn't want to dig out my uh, essential and I wanted to see it in color cause it is really well colored. Uh, it's a great story. It is an era of Avengers that I think is not because everybody's version of the Avengers has changed so much in the last 20, whatever. This is almost third. This is good God. How old is this story? 40 years 40. old almost. <laughs> Oh man, that's a kick in the um, 43 it's years changed old. a lot. And I mean, there've been great <laughs> Avengers runs. I'm a big Avengers fan and I've liked the last four or five people who've done Avengers, but this is an era that I kind of liked where it was kind of consistent and there was less big things. Like I like the Hickman, but it's very big. I'm liking Aaron stuff right now, but it's really all tied to these big arcs. It wasn't just, this is a group of heroes that banded together to, to handle things and that they would have the the actual missions were shorter mm-hmm. and it was about the inner interpersonal relationships mm-hmm. which is a roy kind the why i like reading a roy superhero team sometimes the villains just the back is just a backdrop to what's going on between the characters or you know what i mean Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love the beast being on the Avengers too. Yeah. I okay. Yeah. I, I will always think whenever I pick <clears throat> my seven Avengers, 
or eight Avengers. Beast is Beast is an Avenger to me, man. I really think he's a great Avenger. I was really sad when they took him off to put him in the Defenders. Ugh. Mm, yeah. um, and then I, I like him being back with the X Men. That makes sense. But I do. He made a good. He made a really good Avenger. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a, this is when Janet's getting more to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, they've taken they take Hank out of the lineup, and yeah. have let her stand on her own two feet. Um, yeah. This Ms. Marvel's first bout as an Avenger. I, I think. I, yeah. Um, this is where uh, Wonder Man actually becomes a member. He's been around since issue one fifty one. It's been thirty six issues, and he's finally a member. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great. Fat the Falcon finally joins, which I kind of like the fact that they, you know, it made sense and it was a good way to do it. The government going, this is pretty much mayonnaise here, people. You got one black guy on the team, and he's in an Amer, you know, and he's the leader of another country. Mm-hmm. That you know, and because, and Sam's a good character, and I wish he had stayed in longer on this run. Yeah. Uh, because he's a good, you gotta, you, you know, um, I'm not one of those Avengers fans that thinks you need the big three in every lineup. I think you need one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or you need Vision. Well, see, I don't know if that's true anymore, but the Vision was always around. Wanda was always around. The Beast was, though, those, and, and Janet were the linchpins, really. Those four for a decade. And this is right in this, and this is a really good. This is, this is some really great early eight, late seventies, early eight uh, Bronze Age comic. It's tightly written, even though there are three people working on it. You don't tell. The art's gorgeous. Mm, yeah, it's it's incredible. I love it. And I mean, like you said, to Wonder Man and Beast, I love their relationship. They're just two best buddies, and that's and how this real. trade. Yeah, yeah, that's how this trade actually starts out. The two of them are at a movie theater. They're, yeah, they're what they're at um, the. Air- the Errol Flynn Robin Hood. <laughs> yes, yes. No, and yeah. see, that's what I like. Every once in a while, that you create a relationship in comic books and you know characters, and and I don't think it always happens. I mean, you, the writer says these two are people are friends. They're having conversations. They're friends, mm-hmm. and so you go okay because the action <clears throat> is showing me they're friends. They're friends, but yeah. with Beast and Wonder Man. There's something subtextually that miss makes you go, oh yes, these are really best friends. It's kind of so, I think it's the same thing with Booster Gold and Blue Beetle. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that works. There are these rare occasions where you get that thing, and the it's so well done that it is just, um, it's an intangible. It's just a great creation, and it works. And I think I really love their relationship in this, and every writer kind of builds on it mm-hmm. and and it makes sense and do you know what i'm saying that there's some oh, that, yeah you know i buy that they're best friends i think it worked with mockingbird and hawkeye in some ways oh yeah absolutely <laughs> and i i like how they're walking out of the theater too and you know they're kind of having a discussion about you know being heroes and you know why people kind of idolize them and out of nowhere, Beast just starts jumping around because he's like, people need to add excitement to their lives. And he starts bouncing around right in the middle of a, a busy street here in New York. And some of the people, there's a woman there with her small child, and he says, Mommy, look, a blue Wookiee. So they're being topical with Star Wars here, too. Oh, my God. Which is hilarious. And then there's a guy and his, I would assume his girlfriend, maybe. And he goes, hey, Gladys, it's the Beast. And she says, oh, he's cute. 
Oh, that's what I liked is what I don't know who did it, but it um, it may have been Shooter, but they made that Beast always thought he was you know on the monster, but then when he became an Avenger, that he was kind of a heartthrob. Girls had a crush on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People and I really liked, liked it. Them. It's like yeah. you know, he was like, wait a minute, you all are attracted. Yeah, you're cute, and you know, because he, he because the Beast is like the most well-adjusted mutant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he was such the happy-go-lucky guy. One of my favorite panels ever of the Beast is it's the first issue of the Corvax Saga. It's Perez art, and uh, the alarms are going off, and Cap and Scarlet Witch are running down the hall, and the Beast is pulling his bathrobe on, and he's dripping water and soap, and he goes, "I just dropped a five-gallon thing of shampoo." <laughs> <laughs> That's great stuff. <laughs> yeah, his sense of humor fit perfectly and like i said i loved it the dynamic with the entire team but especially wonder man and yeah the beast was a great avenger i love the beast yeah i wish he would could go back and and well with modern comics and modern ear comics is they they don't worry about things not lining up continuity wise that you know he could be an avenger and an x-men at the same time they did it with wolverine and stuff like that yeah uh, and i like it they bring him back and that that he is their scientist guy now, when they need the big brain, that the beast is also smart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, it, you know, and I just liked it. It's this whole story is so good. It is great. Pietro hadn't been around. He'd only been back because he was kidnapped by the collector. He would, you know, he would normally appear in FF more than he would Avengers because he was married to Crystal at the time. Mm-hmm. It was nice having him back. <coughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, just, he was definitely so much, so much in this. And it's a great story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so definitely, you know, get out there and, you know, like you said, digitally or a trade or any any way you can find it. You need to definitely, you know, uh, read this story, especially if you're a fan of more modern stuff with how uh, huge a character Wanda has become in like the MCU and in comics these days. A lot of these things this is, started yeah. right here. This that this would be a great recommendation if you're a Scarlet Witch fan of modern Scarlet Witch. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a much darker character now, and I don't mind it because tragedy makes good plot. And mm-hmm. she had, you know, she's had a traffic life. And Byrne takes on this stuff, um, you know, later on. Some of the that you know that she is an incredibly powerful superhero. Mm-hmm. That because yeah. she changes probability. Um, you know, this is the beginning of that too. I mean, it started at yeah. Engelhart with her mm-hmm. learning magic. Mm-hmm. Real magic, but this is how powerful and how all that stuff began. A lot of it is in this arc. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is basically the storyline where she kind of, you know, gets, you know, corrupted a little bit. And it it's just other writers and artists and all took off with this from here. You mean, you know, like we said, modern stuff, uh, the early 2000s with uh, House of M. I mean, this is this is where all this started. Yeah. So, well worth yeah. it. It may. I was. I'm glad you asked me because I hadn't read it in a while, and I enjoyed the hell reading it. Reading it again. Yeah, this because is this is me in my. This is me in my early comics day. You know, this is. I'm in eighth grade when this comes out. This is blowing my mind. Yeah, this is something I read quite a long time ago as well, and I really enjoyed it, and always have. And to see where a lot of uh, these things have gone and been dipped back into is just. It blows my mind now thinking about all the mileage that's <laughs> been taken from this story. 
with yeah. like modern stuff with all the modern stuff and films and everything. It just blows my mind. But all right, my friend. Well, I think that's going to wrap us up here. So uh, what's going on here? What do you have going on right now? You have Legion and you have Defenders, correct? Yes. And um, upcoming is I'll be covering the, the votes almost done on the next team up book. Uh, and it's the Superman and the Steve Ditko star man. Uh, Brave and Bold and one. Mm. I'm going to be covering that. Yes. Yeah. 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 And then I uh, got a, a bunch of stuff going around. Um, I, I'm trying to find out because every Saturday is when I do my uh, just random team up thing. I've been doing those team ups, but I think um, I haven't decided, but I'm looking at some stuff. So there'll be a surprise coming up. I want I'm trying to find some more modern stuff because I've been doing a lot of silver and bronze age. And I do want to uh, pull something more recent uh, to the forefront. I just have not found the subject. I might reach out and put it out there on the Twitter webs to see if um, someone has something. Someone early on in the podcast uh, recommended uh, Strange Academy, which I really enjoyed. And I did the first 12 issues of that. Really, really loved it. Gotcha. And then you also have uh, your Doctor Who stuff going on as yes, well. Yes, yeah. uh, um, Gallifrey's Most Wanted. Uh, my main partner Vic is taking a break because it's summer and her and her, uh, my goddaughter are going on some trips. So I'm having some guests on. We'll be talking about individual actors and stuff like that. So check us out at, uh, uh at Gallifrey's most wanted, um, a doctor who podcast. If you're into it, uh, I try to talk about a little bit of all of its 60 year history as we get in this October, the, the 60th anniversary special is coming up. Oh, wow. A big anniversary there. Yeah, and it's the last story with uh, Jody Whitaker before um, the new doctor is introduced, and there's some stuff going on. Neil Patrick Harris will be in it next year for some. Um, oh wow! Well, no, this is the set. Wait, wait, I'm gonna back up. This is the Jody Whitaker one in October is for the centenary of the BC, B, BBC, hundredth mm. anniversary of the BBC. Next year, Russell Davies has come back. Uh, and David Tennant is back. We don't know if he is the same doctor or a different doctor, but they'll be doing a special or specials for the 60th anniversary leading into the new doctor, uh, Shudi Gatwa, who will be taking over. Gotcha. So well, a lot so of stuff in Doctor Who world. Um, but I've been so focused on comics that I've just put all my Doctor Who podcasts is me looking back at what I love. So check good. it out. Well. That's always a good thing. So, all right. Well, thanks for joining me, Ross. I appreciate it. So everybody uh, look for Ross uh, and you're on Twitter as well, right? Yes, I'm at Twitter at JSA4E. That is JSA, the number four, the letter E. Uh, I'm on there jabbing about comic books. Yeah, definitely give Ross a follow and uh, check out Doctor Who stuff if you're into Doctor Who. And if you're into comics, check out the comics. He's got a lot going on and uh Definitely uh, look him up on there. So once again, thank you, Ross. And then uh, I'm going to step out here for a quick minute and then I'll be back to wrap up the show. Okay, everybody, that wraps up this episode. Once again, I want to thank Ross for being on. Uh, Ross is a good guy. Get out there and check out his Stop Let's Team Up podcast. And then he also does a couple of Doctor Who podcasts. So if there's any Doctor Who fans out there, definitely give those a shot too. Uh, I'll have all this stuff in the show notes for you that you can just click right on there and get to his other shows. So definitely go out and support him too as he's a really good guy. So once again, thank you, Ross. And thanks for everybody for listening in. See ya.